0: <laughs> what have you been eating today?
1: Uh, I saw you cup your fingers over your mouth, and I was like, I knew you were going to do the ba- the Bane voice. It was awesome. Uh, can you briefly do your Joker voice while we're here?
0: Just give the people what they want. Ah uh. We have uh, a guest, uh, Chloe Ditloff, and she uh, uh, loves this.
1: Chloe Ditloff, welcome to the show. First time appearance. You are a f- friend of Parth. Long time or short Oh, time? long
0: time. Take it back
2: to
1: sophomore year honors chemistry. Tell us a story about Parth from high school.
0: Or not. Well, you don't actually,
2: have to. No, I'm so glad just, you asked, Trevor. Just, just a short you, one. Yeah, I'll tell you how um, Parth... Like we started a friend group together. It was by we were in driver's ed together, and he kind of sat near me and uh, our our good friend Claire. And he just kind of turned around without asking and would steal our driver's ed packets without. And we didn't know him. He didn't say anything. He would just take them.
0: That's not true. No, no, no,
1: no, no, no. Parth, you want to give your side of the story because it sounds pretty incriminating.
0: This is genuinely blasphemous. Okay, and our mutual, our mutual good friend Claire would set the record straight for me but since she's not here to do that i'll do it myself let's be clear did i not know chloe yes did i steal her packet at driver's ed yes but i did not just not say anything i wasn't i was a gentleman about it i said (sighs) chloe you don't mind if i take your packet and get the answers right and she was like... Oh, so you ah! were stealing her and answers. And I said, yes. And, 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 and it was a it was a good deal, is what I'd say. Oh Wait, so... Yeah, yeah. Do
1: you think you wouldn't have passed driver's ed without, you know, cheating? You no, cheated. no, no.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're saying
1: it here on the air. Uh, there's evidence. This is like in the social network when he says, I'm not suing you for cheating on your art history exam. And no, it's you. You cheated.
0: Okay. Okay. That's... I, well, thanks for asking, Trent. I had pizza most recently. Oh, um, dude,
1: I also had pizza.
0: Oh my God, we're This one is name? the
1: the first time.
0: If Chloe didn't have pizza, that's embarrassing.
1: I did not have pizza. Oh All right, God, Chloe, so it's really been fun having you on the show. Thank
2: you so much, guys. I loved it here. Uh, have a nice day.
0: What What did you have?
2: I um I had um some soda flavored jelly beans. Why? How were they?
0: That's <laughs> um, Trent I... does not seem happy about that. <laughs>
2: No, I think me and Trent are about to become enemies on this podcast because jelly beans are one of my favorite candies.
1: So I, I've never um,
0: intentionally eaten a jelly bean. What is that? Have you unintentionally eaten
1: a jelly bean? No, I, I, they're, I don't want to get into it here, but they're not good. Uh, it's, it's, okay. It seems like we feel differently about this. Uh, do you not like chocolate? I mean, good candy exists. Have you not heard about this? I do, but
2: there's something so much fun about like reaching into a bag and you could just take out any flavor, you know.
1: So do you eat I them one at, do you eat them one at a time or is the whole point yes, to cocktail them? One at a time. I'm not an animal. So is the is part of the game to determine what kind of flavor they're going for
2: uh, i think it depends on the bag for the soda shop one that i have like
1: no it's very easy to tell because they're all different colors and there's only like five flavors so chloe tell me this after this driver's ed event how did you manage to befriend parth and what what was your mindset back then
2: wow such a great question thank you for asking um we also happen to live in like the same neighborhood so it's so a we convenience to ride- thing yeah, we rode the bus together, and then during gym class, he would talk to my group of friends and then leave before finding a more athletic group of people. That's, no, long. that's not true.
0: I wanted to do stuff to that you name, guys Parth? never wanted to do. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. I'd be like, yeah, guys, let's play tennis together. And you you, you would all be like, mm, uh,
2: Incorrect. Uh, <laughs> incorrect. Chloe I says, I wanted
1: time-
0: to play tennis, Parth.
2: Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I played a three-person game of volleyball because Parth would not play with us.
0: Want to explain? So, what what kind of pizza did you have, Trent?
1: Um, welcome back to our show, Craft Services. Uh, we have a podcast, we talk about the movies. Uh, each week we interview someone who worked on a movie that we like. Uh, this week, or last week, rather, we talked with the screenwriter Dave Cyrus, who uh, worked on The King Island, you know, alongside Pete Davidson and Judd Apatow. They wrote the script. And he was really nice. Parth, did you like the interview?
0: I loved the interview.
1: Yep. Uh, and if you want, you can go listen to that. But please if you don't do. want, if you don't want to, then don't. You can just listen to us discuss it here. Uh, Chloe, Parth's uh, childhood <clears throat> friend, is along for the ride. Say hello.
2: Hi guys, it's me, Chloe.
1: So, what's your last name, Chloe? Do you have one?
2: Um, it's Chloe Ditloff. But please respect my privacy in the future. Thank right,
1: you. So, Chloe, Parth said you really like this movie um i mean we'll 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 get into the nitty-gritty later but it seemed like the reason you were invited on is because you uh you're adamant i I can see that 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 like that glimmer in your eye
2: yeah actually what qualifies me to be here is that i think p davidson is hot so i texted my friends nonstop to watch this movie um but i
1: actually really liked it like a lot especially on my second rewatch i liked it even more so uh, i'm so so tell me is it Is it only because he's hot? Like, did you think he was hot before? Or, like, do you watch all of his movies because he's hot? Or is this the first time? And do you like his acting? Because he kind of plays Pete Davidson himself in every movie.
2: Well, um, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on that. But, um, no, I'm a fan of Pete Davidson. I think he's very funny. And the reason why I really started watching this stuff is, yes, because he's hot. But I actually really do enjoy his humor. And I... I think he's got a good career as an actor ahead of him personally.
1: Oh oh, I, I I couldn't agree more. I just think it's uh he's it's undeniable like how Seth Rogen plays some you know pivoted version of himself or or, or Michael Sarah. There are examples. There's some validity to this statement. Do you like him on SNL? i don't want to slander snl on air like it hasn't been like no
0: do it print. Do we only had one of its writers on our show go ahead yeah do that. it yeah just last week
1: chloe so feel free to just criticize their recent content
2: Well, i actually love snl and they've never done anything wrong it's amazing well i just like think that um like i like pete on weekend update the most probably which kind of falls into what trent was exactly saying about him playing pete davidson but i think he's funny yeah
0: and I think that's all you need out of a comedian.
1: So wait, so Chloe, riddle me this. Did you purchase it for twenty dollars when it was first released on home video?
0: No, my parents wouldn't let me. So what do you mean your parents wouldn't let you?
1: So what was where'd you go from there? And wait, why were your parents so involved? You're you're an adult. <laughs> like doing yourself live home. home. <laughs> wait,
0: so did, how did you how re- did you end up watching it?
1: Yeah.
2: I waited till it was
1: on T V in january of 2021 but it seemed like you were so desperate
2: i know and you can like Park can attest to this i was really disappointed
1: why didn't you rent it on your computer i
2: don't
1: know man all right i that... didn't know
2: i was being
0: interrogated on craft services so trent yeah um wait you want to start i'd an like, you to, I'd, like it, I'd like you to stop bullying my friend that we've graciously invited onto the show if you could uh, do that that'd be good
1: I'm not here to bully anyone. I, I just have some King of Staten Island questions. She, she's, the, she's the resident King of Staten Island expert, and I'm trying to lay the groundwork for the conversation that we're about to have. This is the pretext. We haven't even done the production history, the synopsis. And speaking of, um,
0: you do can... You, do you want me to say the synopsis, Trent? Is that what you want me to do? Yeah, please. Okay, I'll give it to you. Um, this is a long one for an IMDb synopsis. I know
1: it's usually one sentence, and I thought that that was the whole point. But here... We've got two sentences. And,
0: when the, and, and one here of they them are. is a
1: run-on sentence.
0: Here they are. Scott has been a case of arrested development since his firefighter dad died. He spends his days smoking weed and dreaming of being a tattoo artist until events force him to grapple with his grief and take his first step forward in life.
1: So it had a budget of $35 million and uh, a box office according to google of 2.2 $2 million but that's you know theatrical release and i think we read that it was only in like a few european countries and uh it did really well on video on demand from people you know paying 20 dollars for it um but, but not I don't... chloe
0: ditloff right uh, not the yeah, ditloff but...
1: family due to her her strict parental influence um
2: stop my mom's gonna listen to this
1: So, uh, but they don't release the numbers on how much money movies make via home video, do they? No, I don't think so.
0: So on January 29th, 2019, Universal Pictures announced that they were going to produce a new film directed by Judd Apatow that starred Pete Davidson. It was going to be written by Apatow, Davidson, and Dave Cyrus, with whom we talked. And Apatow and Cyrus also produced the movie. Davidson came to Judd Apatow's attention when they were working on Trainwreck. It was also what got him onto SNL. And the story is part, in part based on Davidson's real life, and it's what might have happened if he had never become a comedian. Principal photography began on June 3rd, 2019 in Staten Island and continued during June and July. It was supposed to have its world premiere at South by Southwest on March 13th. 2020 and then that was the day the world shut down uh and so then it was cancelled due to COVID-19 it was rescheduled to premiere April 20th at the Tribeca Film Festival but then it was also cancelled and then it was going to have a theatrical release June 19th 2020 and then that was cancelled Trent hit me with some fun facts
1: uh okay um Judd daughter Maude Apatow plays Pete Davidson's sister in the film cool uh Steve Buscemi, uh was actually he who plays one of the older firefighter men, was actually a firefighter when he was in his twenties, which I didn't know until Parth put it in the document. Um and then it talks about how Steve Buscemi wow, there's a lot of stuff about Steve Buscemi being a firefighter here. So then Steve Buscemi was <laughs> says he was a. I, I really
0: liked it. I thought it was cool.
1: No, no, it is. And also I really like Steve Buscemi and I, I, after reading this, it made me start to wonder, it, I'm like, Steve Buscemi kind of seems like an awesome guy, and why is he, he, not that he's the butt of jokes on the internet, is it just because his face is, like, kind of, kind of yes. silly looking? Is that why people are, like, printing him out on billboards and stuff? Yes. Okay, so uh, more about Steve Buscemi, he was a fireman from 1980 to 1984, in engine 55 in Manhattan's Little Italy, and then, you know, after 9-11, um, uh, Steve Buscemi went back
0: and- Looked for survivors who remains at the World Trade Center.
1: Yep, and this was also Steve Buscemi's first appearance as a firefighter, which is silly, because Steve Buscemi's been in a lot of movies. Um and then the movie ends with "Pursuit of Happiness" by Kid Cudi, and Pete Davidson said uh, that the music of Kid Cudi saved his life. It also has several Kid Cudi songs throughout the movie, so that makes some sense. Um, there are we have a feature, we have you know a whole portion of the show uh, where we talk about one star reviews. Parth. is that right? Is my that right?
0: favorite, right, my my favorite segment of the show. Right, the one that I like.
1: Yeah, the one that there's a running joke about you not liking—that's the one. So um,
0: joke is a word.
1: Let's get the show on the road. This first one—the name is by Sharon Karen—and like <laughs> that, like it'd be funny if that were real, but it seems too good to be true. Um, it says, "If you like smoking weed and doing hit and runs, you think that's funny? You need psychological help." Isn't that the best?
0: Don't don't forget the three exclamation points.
1: Yeah, I like how Sharon Karen just like illegal stuff's happening in this movie unacceptable
0: because she also you know, called it an Im- immature movie
1: i feel like most movies um involve some sort of crime often by the protagonist and uh you know it's usually considered okay
0: this one is from amazon customer which is uh, kind of a fortuitous name given that this was a review done on amazon um weirdly enough and it starts with don't waste your money We started watching The King of Staten Island, but I couldn't watch any more of it. It's just a bunch of losers doing things that losers do.
1: And this movie was released on VOD. For some reason, my sister was really enthusiastic about renting it. And she rented it, and her and my dad watched it. And afterwards, I asked my dad, hey, how was the movie? And he said, well, you kind of just hang out with Pete Davidson for a while. Then there's like a robbery, and there's like kind of some romance, and there's some family stuff too. It's okay, and I think that was like the nice version of what this one-star review is saying. Yeah, I think Chloe, it's your time to shine for the third review, which uh, isn't about the movie at all.
2: Yeah, great. This piece by Samantha Sherwin is entitled "Accidental Digital Order." <laughs> um, it says, "Somehow, accidentally ordered this. Not sure how when I was not even logged in. I also would." It lay. It made $20 for a rental. I was able to cancel the order by clicking on the movie to watch it and then clicking cancel this order without clicking to watch. Now we wait for a refund.
1: Imagine accidentally renting a movie and then be like, fuck Night at the Museum 3 because I accidentally clicked the rent button for three ninety nine for HD. You know? It's not Night at the Museum we, 3's fault. We, we always and you love... were able to cancel the order and now we wait for a refund, you know?
2: Yeah, and this review is just straight up confusing too. That wording, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something else.
1: <laughs> Chloe, I was gonna say you uh, you articulated really well a problem we have on the show with the one star reviews because often they're written in rage and you know people don't complete the words or they probably you, you don't proofread like a rage um, a rage review and uh, it's hard to to go back like you know hindsight's twenty twenty people aren't in the best frame of mind when you're writing a, a one star review.
0: Is it time to get into thoughts trent chloe are we ready
1: it's sure- already yeah we're 20 minutes into our movie podcast i guess it'd be a good time to start <laughs> discussing the movie
0: chloe you're our guest our esteemed guest and resident uh driver's ed helper uh um, yes
1: wait did you guys all pass driver's ed by the way I got a ninety eight yes. baby. <laughs> a a ninety eight. Congrats. Chloe, um, do you wanna share your score
0: or is it now no, a bad time? Was it less than a ninety-eight?
2: Um, because I'm normal, I don't remember
1: what I got in driver's ed. but yes it was an A plus. Wait, Partha, you can did you cheat on the final
0: exam also? No, I did some... not cheat. And... <laughs> this was not this was not I did not cheat on an assessment. It was just a packet that we had to fill out. It was classwork. I want it. I don't I don't for... want my high school diploma taken away, guys. I'm in fear. <laughs>
1: So Chloe, um, besides Pete Davidson, I mean <laughs> Pete Davidson being a, an attractive man can't can't refute you on that. Was what led you to the movie? But I think if it yes. if it was a bad movie, you probably would have you would have just been like, yeah, he was hot in a bad movie. But you wouldn't be here talking about it if he was hot in a bad movie. You think he was hot in a good movie? And elaborate on that. More on the yes, good movie do. part than the hot part.
2: Of course, of course. Um yeah i really liked this movie i tend to like this genre of kind of like coming of age with a morally gray character that doesn't really know what they want to do in life you know like lady bird the edge of 17 like i really like
1: hey you talking about matt damon on this podcast
0: chloe chloe is also a big matt damon fan
1: well, yeah, she. I mean, we're we're all alive, we're all living humans, like, I mean, anyone with a heartbeat is a Matt Damon fan. Um, so true. So, Chloe, are you a big Judd Apatow fan? Because I feel like you just described the kind of movie he he famously makes, and this is, you know, another movie by him, so...
0: Yeah,
2: um, personal confession, this is my first rodeo with him. I'm
1: sorry, guys.
0: <laughs> oh my, how, how exciting. Well, what you, but what'd you think?
1: Well, 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 let would me, I, let me like, be the first I'm, to tell like you, I'm the, the I'm... rest of his movies are kind of like this. It seems like you would like them. <laughs> Since many people... Can... I guess so and you I haven't think... seen, you know, Superbad. I love books, more, Bell. He didn't direct Superbad. He didn't direct Superbad. He produced Superbad, yeah? Yeah. I, I feel like he's a more famous and prominent producer than he is a dir- writer-director. I mean, as successful he is I would disagree with that okay uh wait but chloe you saw you saw Booksmart, which i liked also but i i think a you know a shallow review as i think you were about to say was something like yeah female super bad
2: that's not what i was gonna say i was gonna say people compare it to super bad
1: oh well i i think uh well i mean beanie feldstein is you know related to jonah hill so i mean there are parallels to be drawn but um yeah, I've heard the, the the booksmart people be like, "Hey, you know, stop, you know, we're, we're just because we're two girls walking around, that doesn't make us like the one two guys walking around movie. We're our own thing. I understand
0: that." But, Trent, um, I understand you also watched this movie.
1: Yeah, I watched it again this morning. Um, I wasn't, Parth told me uh, that we had a, a really. Uh, a heartfelt guest coming on, and he's like, hey, I know you feel kind of indifferent about the film, so just take it easy on Dear Chloe. I didn't and, but... say
0: that. I did <laughs> not say that.
1: But I watched it again this morning, and I really had a change of heart. Uh, I don't know if it just caught me at a good time.
0: I have some flaws, but they're, I, I think on the whole, I'm really happy this movie got made, and I think, Chloe, obviously you've never seen a Judd Apatow movie, but I think... Um, in terms of the movies that he makes, I think that this is one of the better ones. I think that it he really ups his game in like a visual style, and it like looks really nice. And I, I think he's got a really good focus in this one. I think sometimes he has the problem of just sorting sort of letting his stories run amok. And I think with this one, he's telling like a real story. Um, and and you know I think. Davidson is obviously the star of the show, and he's very good, I would say. Well, speaking of
1: Judd Apatow movies famously running amok, as you said, a common complaint is that it's 30 minutes too long, and I I think one could—I mean, this movie is about 2 hours and 15 minutes, and I've heard people say that this one is 15 minutes too long, Um and I think we'll get into later, uh, that we really like the, the general touch and feel, but there are just some subplots that aren't as thoroughly explored. But to, to hang out with Pete Davidson for a few hours, it ain't half bad.
0: Well, what, what were the things that you wanted to be more explored?
1: I, I'm saying that there were things, you know, like like the robbery. Uh, an average viewer, like my father, even he said, you know, they kind of got into a romance, Because I think at the core, it's a family movie. It's about Pete, his mom, Bill Burr, and um, they're sorting stuff out. And Pete's, you know, becoming a man and getting over the firefighter stuff. The firefighter stuff is also very central. And then I understand how you need, like, the friend group as a framework to, like, introduce him to the world and show that that's, like, what's dragging him down or whatever. And that, you know, he,
0: like, got away from going to jail I think on the whole, some scenes go on too long. I think there's certain like bits where, because obviously Apatow likes his improv and he just sort of keeps going sometimes. And I think some scenes could be cut even just like a minute or like 30 seconds shorter, and it might make it a little bit stronger. But I would actually say my biggest I mean, I guess we're fully into spoiler territory, but um, my biggest issue with the movie is the ending because i think it ends uh, too abruptly i don't have an issue with anything that happens at the end but i think that it ends like i was almost shocked that that was where it ended
1: Chloe, you're
0: giving me you're giving me you're giving me grimaces you're giving me the same grimace when i said chloe would you be so kind as to give me your driver's ed packet and you said parth get the fuck out of my face i don't fucking want you to touch me
2: I did say that.
1: That is true. They just rush a lot of progress at the end, and they're like, "Well, he, it, it seems like he he's put some effort into caring caring about this girl, and uh, now the movie's over." We, yeah, I understand he's starting to turn things around. No,
2: like I love the ending. I love that kind of uncertain feel you have. I also love how like even just like the vibe feels different. Like when he walks out into New York and he looks up, like like the lighting just feels like it's a strange like a much more warmer glow than in like stan island and like i don't know i really liked it because i feel like the whole point is that you don't really know what his like what he'll do with his life afterwards like you don't know like how far he'll go in making amends but you can see like it's a start and i think it just like really signifies that there's a new beginning to be had but it's not for us
0: to know it's an interesting take i i think my 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 well no i don't i don't disagree i think that my my issue with it is that it for me at least didn't feel as intentional it it kind of felt a little bit more like we filmed there there is maybe another 10-15 minutes that we had and we kind of cut that and it felt a little it felt like it was supposed to be a happy ending but a sort of like like goodwill hunting is another example of a movie that sort of ends on a somewhat ambiguous nature we're not entirely sure where the character's going but we've sort of tracked the main character's journey so we kind of understand how he's grown and i kind of feel like we we get the scene with him and the girlfriend at the end on the train and there's maybe like another 10 minutes of him doing something i'm not entirely sure no i don't know entirely sure i'm not entirely sure what i want but um i felt like i just wanted something I'm agreeing with you I I want, with you,
1: I want one more st- I want one more step before we get there I want like I want like a five minute scene just like like put a little cherry on top right, you're making lots mm. of sounds no. right now it's because k- 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 I'm agreeing with your yourself I disagree with your yourself <laughs> an odd phenomenon that I was thinking about watching this movie I was like it's a comedy yes uh and you know so there are several layers of jokes And it's like, I feel like the outright trying to make you laugh. So a joke that I thought that they really thought or they were really trying to force to make funny was, and I did not think worked, was, you know, Pete Davidson texting them when the robbery was happening. He was like, "Uh, you up? Want to fuck? I laughed. So on and so forth. And, And it's because they needed to make the phone ring a bunch of times. I understand. But basically, I was like, I think this is a funny movie, and it made me laugh five to ten times while viewing it alone on my broken laptop. So that's pretty good. But none of those times were when I thought... Like, we talked to Dave Cyrus, you know, the writer, and we talked about some of our favorite moments, and most of them were just, like, little sprinkle-on-the-day things that weren't ever... In the script. And I, obviously these are a lot of funny people involved. And uh, I just thought, like, the under-the-breath moments were really what got me, um, rather than, you know, some of the overwritten parts. But it's a comedy, and so you have to fill the time with jokes. And in uh, uh, n- no comedy is there really 100% success. I, I was fine
0: with that joke. Um, but But, like, I do agree that, like, I think, especially with Pete Davidson and Bill Burr, the, the majority of the things that are funny are just sort of how they react to things rather than, like, actual plot points. And I think, like, Bill Burr, I might like him as much as Pete Davidson in this movie. I, I
1: was going to say, the, the, the first time around, I was just mystified. I was like, Marisa Tomei? bill murray bill Murr? uh, B- uh, 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 well, excuse me <laughs> the the, the first the first 80 percent of bill murray uh no bill burr and i was like this is a crazy hollywood romance imbalance but after i was able to look past his mustache i was like he's yeah. really funny
0: chloe you gave me a face you you didn't like bill well, burr in this movie
2: no no at first i was just shocked to hear that sentence and then i thought about it and on my second rewatch like similar to the experience Trent had, I was like, wow, he, like, is actually really serving. You know, Bilbo is not my favorite actor, but I really think, like, this was a role that was, like, made for him, I
0: think. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the case with, like, the majority of these ac- I mean, I think that's something is pretty good at, is sort of casting people so that they're not really acting, kind of. Because Bilber kind of is that, like, kind of angry, kind of trying to be nice, but not very good at it at like kind of person. Um, and I think that, like, He, my problem with some of his other movies is that he kind of has a sentimental, oh, you know, we're trying to do the right thing or like, they're really not that bad uh, angle towards a lot of his characters, but it kind of feels forced or tacked on at the end of a movie or in the third act or something like that. And I think something that they do really well in this movie is taking you know, the the overall premise of the movie is a really sad, you know, like, Pete Davidson's dad died. Or, like, his character Scott's dad died.
1: Yeah, they, they say that in the and, first and two minutes.
0: And I think it, it it helps to sort of imbue the whole thing. Like, at its core, there is a sort of happy-sad complex going on that I really like, and I think that he he's able to take that out of bill burr and pete davidson in a really good way and i think that they're able to play off of each other in very interesting ways
1: parth i had this thought during the movie and i was like i know that this is the intention of every actor but i was like i feel like in, in this moment in particular all the actors or all the characters on screen are just like Little, you know, slanted versions of the actors, and isn't that like the definition of, you know, good typecasting? And um, I thought that that was very effective. Another thing, this time I thought the kid actors were so fucking good yes. and cute. And, you know, most of the time I hate kid actors, and I just thought that they were so endearing and funny and a really, uh, really good addition.
0: I want a tattoo.
1: <laughs> You're really? a tough guy?
0: Sure, young guy. You want a tattoo?
1: Yeah. Dude, kid wants a tattoo. That's my guy
0: right Bro, there. Bro, you, you can't give him a tattoo. Yeah, He's a little go. kid. Yeah. A tattoo, well, I got to right. practice on something. He seems old enough. Right? You're a tough guy? Yeah. You a badass. <laughs> Come on, show those muscles, kid. Come on. Both arms. Both arms. Put them up there. Yeah. It is. yeah. yeah it is. Right. There we
2: go. What's your name? Harold. I'm going to call you Harry.
0: Don't. It's Harold. Oh, OK. <laughs> Hell yeah. I like this kid. I need him in my life. He has structure. Guys, I don't think that's a good idea.
2: I mean, we don't listen to anything you yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, yeah, why do you even friend, try dude. to give us advice? So what do you want to tattoo up? The Punisher. The Punisher? Okay. That's
1: tough, man. All right. He could have said anything. He said The Punisher. You know, I've now seen this movie three times now. And uh, this movie, uh, you know, opens with a scene of Pete Davidson, you know, behind the Wheel. And uh, what's I've, I've never quite understood what that scene's going for. Um, Do you want to you want to stand your ground here?
2: Yeah, you know, as the writer of this scene, it means a lot to me. But um, no, I just think that like that was the way to establish, like that this character you know has a lot going on, and I think it establishes his personality to some extent because like you kind of have like this impulsive and like I don't want to say selfish for that scene in particular, but like not with much regard to his surroundings, and I feel like it was like a great way to kind of establish how he's going to act in this movie without kind of self-centered.
0: words. self-centered. Not necessarily selfish, yeah. but, like, he he's definitely thinking about himself most.
2: For sure. And I also think, to some degree, it was, like, you know, it it's a nice shot, too, like, him in the car with, like, all... Like, I don't know. Like I think it's a visually nice way to start, and I think, you know, the lack of dialogue until he starts to say, like, sorry, like, I'm sorry. I don't know. That really got me when I first watched it. I was like, this isn't just going to be
1: funny, okay?
0: Yeah, I... I... I, I, I agree with your take on that, Ch- Chloe.
1: Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you so much. I, I hate to have a spontaneous, uh, unrehearsed moment on the show. Go ahead. But uh, part of that, I checked, my phone, I, I checked my phone a moment ago, and you know how right now on our Instagram, that we, we, we pleaded out to our followers saying, hey, let us know what mo- kind of movies you want to talk about. And uh, I'm going to put this person on blast, but at Amelia Francois, she said, do Promising Young Woman. We did.
0: I'll, I'll... <laughs> it
1: happened. <laughs> <laughs> two several months ago,
0: there are two episodes a- on it's it. It's Amelie Francois, out. and yes, I'll. It's it's completely fair to put her on blast.
2: One of my fave
1: interviews. Um, I'd recommend it. Yeah, to this, Mary Weissmiller to Wallace. Person. It was a good time. You know, you're not still a photographer, I'm, but uh, but you it, know what it, I'm it really started. happy
0: about Trent yeah. is that I'm glad that on air you sort of told us that when other people are talking, you're kind of like Pete Davidson in this movie at the very beginning. It was a really good way of tying it together. You're not paying attention to what's happening around you. Chloe could be talking. I could be talking. The podcast, as we know it, could be done, and you just wouldn't know because you'd be on your phone looking at what Amelie Francois was saying, right?
1: Part. The funny thing about this is that when we're doing our interviews with our celebrity guests, um, you are playing run through. <laughs> That's not true. Uh, on CoolMathGames.com. Parth is always playing Run 3 when That's we are true. interviewing
0: only, people. That's not Only the first few. Only the first so few. So true, bestie.
1: He's always
0: playing Run
2: 3.
1: It,
0: it, it's, not a sh- it's not a sign of disrespect, okay? Trust me. Parth says I it's a layer of white noise that he
1: needs to distract himself with.
0: Unbelievable. What kind of a grown man can't afford his own apartment in Staten Island? Fucking loser. He lost all our money gambling. He is homeless. He's penniless, and he's a deadbeat dad. What is your mom doing with him? You know, my mom hasn't gotten laid in 17 years, so I think her bar is pretty low. Really? Yeah. He's good in bed. I hate to say it. All right. Well, I didn't really need to know that. Yeah. He's got a beautiful cock. I mean, it's his only attribute.
1: That big, thick cock kept me in it for eight years longer than I should have stayed.
0: I think the movie's structure is a little muddy in the middle, um, and I think that's that's kind of what I mean by like scenes could be shortened down by like a minute or thirty seconds or something like that, and it would probably serve the movie a little bit better because I think the overall structure is good in terms of we're sort of tracking the character's progression through these events and whatever, but I feel like there's this weird amalgamous thing in the middle where like like for example there's a whole montage of pete davidson taking the kids to walking them um, to school walking them to school and normally this would be like oh okay this is the beginning of his progression right he should commit the robbery screw up get caught maybe not by the police but like they figure out and then they're like you got to get your life together and then that's when he starts taking the kids to school but instead, you get two separate montages of him taking the kids to school. And, and it's just like weird structural things like that that I think could have been fixed. And I think they just didn't because they liked certain scenes. Uh, and I think in the moment they're funny. But I think overall that's what I think people mean by the movie could have been cut down by like half an hour. Is that I don't think the movie actually needs to be cut down by half an hour. It just needs to be rearranged a little bit. But I don't know if anybody agrees with that
2: i agree parth i fully agree like i when i was rewatching it i definitely felt like there were just some like dead ends like the robbery is my least favorite part of the movie even though like i laughed just because like it just yes. felt like a convenient way to be like we don't have to discuss the friends anymore because they're in jail and like it yeah. didn't feel like anything came of it because then he runs away and he just calls his sister and he's like we really have to break up mom and her new boyfriend and it just felt like there was no consequences for pete davidson's character so it really felt like not useful to his journey at all and i agree like the kids thing felt weird because like i loved that on the first watch and then when i was watching it this time i was like but wait none of this other stuff has happened yet
1: but i agree another dead end i thought was pete davidson talking to um machine gun kelly in the tattoo shop like, I, I, know, I know that they're friends and he appears briefly in all the movies. But um, that also kind of went nowhere. And, like, the sister going to college, I know you need a juxtaposition that one kid's doing doing well. But, you know, Pete Davidson goes to her school and parties for one scene, and, and that's kind of
0: that. Yeah, but the, the thing is, I don't have a problem with any one of these scenes because they all sort of function in the moment as what happened. Well, they all function as the end of the second act. Like that's supposed to be, oh, he's at his worst. But instead the movie makes the decision and you could either cut some of these scenes, or you could intermingle some of these scenes or something, or move them around. But instead what you have is and then this thing happens and he's like, you know what? Fuck my life. Fuck this guy. Fuck Bill fuck Bill Murr. And then um and then and then another thing happens. And he's like, actually really fuck Bill Murr. And and like it just keeps happening. And instead of it being like a progression of events, it's just kind of and then, and then, and then, and I think that's really only in the second act, and that's that's my biggest issue with the movie. So
1: here's the scene I was watching this time around, and I was like, all right, this is what, the, like, uh, this is what the executives around the table were like. All right, we need we need the emotional core scene, and it's when Pete Davidson is like washing the the fire engine, and he's like, ah. You don't need to wash a fire engine, and then like, "Ah, I like that guy." And uh, do, you, do you know what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, I love that scene.
0: I do. <laughs> I, I like that scene too, Trent. I think you. What it is is that you're a man of a hollow heart.
1: Yeah, is that I'm an emotionally devoid monster, and that uh, you two are. And
0: you're off the podcast.
2: Craft services with Park and Chloe.
0: <laughs> yeah, obligatory. One of the hosts is off the show. Joke.
1: Yeah, you'll be a mixed doubles duo. You can bring in a whole new audience. Women. I gotta be honest, Kelsey, you look exactly like your picture. You're kind of thicker, more robust. Oh, thank you, yeah. compliment. You look a little bit like Antonio Banderas if I squint really hard.
2: I have a final thought. I want to share my favorite scene from.
0: <laughs> oh. Oh wait, yeah. Let's let's get oh, our wait. favorite scene. Sure, Chloe. You're you're. Thank you. My
2: favorite scene happens really early in the movie it is when Pete Davidson goes into his garage and he finds um, his dad's suits and he tries them on and he, like, kind of, like, is talking out loud to himself. And it's very short. It's super emotional. I cried both times that I watched it. And I think that it... I think it really gets, like, the emotional heart of this movie and I think it explains everything you need to about Scott. And I think it's, like, really crucial in these kinds of movies to have a moment where you're, like... This protagonist is going to do bad things, but like, please remember that like he's hurting inside. So I feel like that was a really important moment to me, and I think it like defined Scott and the rest of his experience with the movie for me.
1: A lot of the reviews were basically like, "Hey, this guy does morally reprehensible stuff, and you can't you can't blame that on on him having
0: a dead dad." And I just don't agree with that at all. Um, and I. Uh, and he's also got like mental issues that he like he. It's not just you know, and obviously that'll having a dead dad will do that to someone. But like, this
1: movie isn't saying if your dad dies you're screwed or that you're gonna end up like this. It's saying like I, I don't know. It, it it isn't alluding that if his dad was alive he'd be doing great.
0: To give my favorite moment in the movie, it would be the the pool fight between him and Bill Burr, and it's because I think. It's a perfect mixture of everything that the movie sort of is in that it's it's a really sad scene when you look at it, because Pete Davidson has kind of ruined Bill Burr's life or, or, you know, with his mom. Um, And and it's really sad, but it's also it, it reveals character on Bill Burr's end and it's it's really funny to see them go against each other dude you're you're a degenerate gambler and you're in your mid 50s who bets on the jets uh, who have you not learned anything about betting the jets are going to come back no they're not they're, they're, not. they're, they're never, never going to come down. back they're never going to come back it's it like uh, that's probably the funniest scene in the movie to me but it's also like the most upsetting scene because it you're kind of seeing i kind of I like it in movies when you when they show a character that obviously has some sort of mental uh, issues that they're going through whether it be you know depression or anxiety or depression or fuck said the same thing twice but anyways so if, if what, they, whatever if mental things they're going if through they've
1: got depression if they're yeah yeah if they're, if they're dealing with one not could, feeling awesome or good they're sad a lot if they're just one if, could say depressed if, they're, if yeah. they're not happy
0: but what i really like is when a movie shows like the ugliness of that to a certain extent And and I really like that the movie doesn't try to shy away from, you know, it's unlikable. What he does is not likable, and 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 that's why like some of the reviews are kind of baffling because it's kind of clearly meant to be bad and unlikable. Um, But yeah, that's my favorite moment in the movie. Trent, I I know you famously hate this movie, so you probably don't have a favorite moment. Is that correct?
1: Uh, So I'd love to share my favorite scene. Thanks, Parth. Um, So as I said in the interview, I really enjoyed the Hulk hands segment, and uh, this time around, he was... you know, you know, dancing around around the uh, around the waiting room with with the other guy, and he goes, "Yeah, I've seen Creed a couple times." Huh?
2: Hmm? What? You don't understand? Fighting is serious. I don't like it's it. It's sacred. It's how I tribute my Lord and Savior. What? It's the way I tribute my Lord and Savior, Jesus. <laughs> I don't think Jesus would want you to kick my ass. Right, he would want me
1: to have these tips. That's
2: what he means. You can have the tips. I don't even want them. Don't what is up. this? What's oh, this no. shit?
1: I seen Creed a
2: couple times. What'd you do? I seen Creed a couple times. Oh. Are we about to do the Cotton Eye Joe?
1: Yeah! Yeah! And uh, I paused the movie in order to laugh because it
0: was... Okay. I'm, I'm glad Chloe and I chose deep emotional scenes and you you chose Hulk hands, and I think that shows a and lot honestly, about it. And honestly,
2: that's family. a scene I would have cut for runtime, if I'm being honest. But, uh, the boxing scenes.
0: Damn. There are two types of people, I guess. Um,
1: and uh, with that being said, do we want to slap some arbitrary numbers on this show?
0: I'm ready. I'm ready, Trent.
1: Um, Chloe. Um, welcome to the program. They do. A, we 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 use a one to ten scale. How about mm, it? One to ten. I was
2: thinking one
1: out of five. So I or not one out. But um,
2: okay. So I think when I originally saw this movie, I probably would have given it a six because I wasn't expecting a lot of things that happened. So it made me like sickeningly sad when I watched it. But rewatching it, I was able to have like a much more well-rounded experience with it and really understand a lot more. So I think now, honestly, I'd probably bump it up to like a 7 or a 7.5 for me.
1: I'm kind of mystified because of all the things I think this movie is. A sad is not one of the words oh, I'm used Oh, when you
2: got kicked out. What? And, like, that whole like fireman like thing. Like I was like
1: sick to my stomach. I was so sad during those scenes. Wait, and, and you're saying you cried multiple times? I have okay, a but big this is emotional Chloe. movie one Do you cry at every Yes, movie? I do at what percent of movies do you cry at?
2: I would say eighty percent
1: okay that's wild um, <laughs> I, I, I've cried at two movies ever what were um, the films
0: but that, I can't
1: uh it was um Call me by your name. Alone in a theater, and then uh, just a month ago, uh, new Jason Siegel, Casey Affleck. Um, what's her name?
0: You cried at a Casey Affleck. Movie. Yeah, it's called See Our. It is it? It's called yeah. our Friend. what
1: Friend. I, I was alone in the theater, and it got the best of me. Uh, but a scene that Chloe,
0: you got it in the you got it in the <laughs> show. I,
1: I I was far from shedding tears, but I think the most you know. Quote, Beautiful, heartfelt moment in this that I think did hit home was when uh, they're going to the fire and Pete is along for the ride, and he's like, "Hey, the, these guys, or like you know, uh, Bill Murr, who, <laughs> uh, who he thought was such a bad guy, is actually like kind of a hero, and he respects the stuff that his dad did, and he doesn't think that they like shouldn't have kids anymore, and you know, it's a."
0: That being said, Trent, w- what's your rating? <laughs> um. Yeah,
1: thanks for cutting me off. Um,
0: yeah. You had nothing good to say, Trent. You often don't.
1: Yeah, it's a good point. And with that being said, um, I'd say like a like a, a
0: 7. And you? I part? would give it a 7, too. Oh. I'd give it a 7, too. That was settled. It could have been I feel like this movie could have been an 8 or 8.5 if that middle act was fixed. And I know Chloe's going to be like, "No. If they made the ending feel less short, if if they did something, I don't know what I wanted. I, maybe it was like a final close up or something. But it kind of felt like, it it like they chopped off the last ten minutes of the movie.
1: The, sometimes when I'm in a theater for the first time, there's a scene where it's like very close to the end of the movie. And there's and it's on a shot, and I'm like, I hope this isn't the last shot. And most of the time, it continues going, because other people had that thought before. And I think this ended when I was like, I hope it doesn't end right now. And then it ended. It's sick that you guys don't understand the human
2: experience, but it's okay. I wish you well. Um,
0: so you're actually never coming on the show again. So um, in the future
1: podcast. <laughs> Chloe, it's funny you mentioned that, because um, Parth and I are actually... Well, Part's a robot, and I'm z- and I'm a vampire, so hence our misunderstanding of oh, the human experience. of course. But th- doesn't that kind of explain a lot of other stuff? Yeah, for sure.
2: Especially how Part spent like a week telling me that you didn't like this movie, and then uh, we all had the same rating. So
1: I think that was interesting.
0: <laughs> Trent, Trent, to be fair, spent a week telling me he didn't like the movie. I
1: think that this miscommunication can be attributed to Part's lack of honesty so true. and the fact that. He- and the the fact that he has no uh, that he has questionable judgment in terms of cheating on assignments, and I did not cheat did that, on any assignments.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Trent! Trent just watched the room. I,
1: okay, so I I was I was halfway through. I mean, I'd seen the Disaster Artist movie a bunch Love of that times, movie. and then I was half. And then I was halfway through the book. I was like, "Well, I should probably watch the room for the first time now." And I watched it for the first time yesterday. And I texted Parth halfway through, and they go, "This is unacceptable." I go, <laughs> I go, the f, fir- I go, I'm, I'm forty minutes in, and it's only been sex scenes so far. And Parth, you said you had a case about watching the room alone, and you suggested that I do not oh, do it. No. <laughs> oh. But in conclusion, I texted Parth an hour later, and I go, the second half is much, much easier to watch. Well, just because it's not all sex, and then it just, you know, it's bad acting and, like,
0: stupid. And we know Trent as a vampire, he's not big on sex.
1: I, I guess The Room and Vampire kind of is a through line. Um, but Parth and I, I mean, not to... Uh, I mean, in, in Tommy Wiseau's work, we're not here to support other people's work, <laughs> but... Um, Parth and I were talking about how um, Tommy Wiseau isn't an awesome guy, and that no. and that the movie kind of um, I mean we're in the weeds now, but. Uh, the the, the the movie the movie kind of has to romanticize him because it would be weird if they like didn't get his permission to like do all the stuff and him and James Franco like did a did a publicity circuit and all that and they probably needed his permission. but they uh, de- definitely in reading the disaster artist book, you know, written by Greg Stero, not a good guy and uh, at all bad person and bad at making movies. And uh, I see how. Uh, one could drive a little bit of joy, but I'm kind of amazed at the cult status that this movie has achieved.
0: And I'm glad that this is how we wrap <laughs> our discussion on The King of Staten Island, Trent. Uh, thank you so much for keeping it reined in, <laughs> focused.
1: Can't we discuss what comes next on the show?
0: That uh, well, I thought we were ending the podcast. Like as a whole, like craft services.
1: Yeah, I know. We usually do some sort of joke about us canceling the show, but I we we have an interview recorded. Shouldn't we release it next week? Who's it with? Tell us.
0: Fine, I guess. Uh, next week. Join us. It's Spider Man Two Week, guys. Spider-Man two week. If you like Spider
1: Man uh, Week, you're gonna you're really gonna enjoy Spider Man Two Week. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. We talked with a uh, second unit camera operator joseph sissio and uh he was a really nice guy he worked on both spider-man and... Man 2 and spider-man
1: 3 and we talk about both films
0: and, and next week's episode was almost a lost episode and you can find out how that was next week so tune in please is As...
1: way to keep way to keep them hooked parth uh yeah they're all on the edge of their seat